0: Actually, the worst correlation I had was this idea that love and sacrifice were correlated or love and struggle were correlated. Mm -hmm. And when I identified that, there was a huge opportunity for a breakthrough and shift for me because essentially what I was saying was I could only express or express the highest form of love if I found ways to struggle or sacrifice. According to a new study, only one in five
1: families have any sort of in-person help as they juggle the responsibilities of being a present partner, parent, and a good employee during the work-from-home culture. It's left many Americans feeling overwhelmed, anxious, and abandoned. As one recent new client said to me on a call, I'm only one person, what can I do? Today... We're going to give you answers. I'm bringing back my buddy Nick Tilia on the podcast. We're going to talk about how you can give yourself permission to be a present parent and a happy person in the time of COVID. Welcome to episode 128 of Life Amplified. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live Life Amplified. I recently asked my Facebook community what their biggest emotional challenge was as the world stares down the barrel of another shelter in place order. And the responses? We're very honest. Jen said, No vacations, no date nights to get away for the evening, no big family gatherings, no organized sports or activities to allow my kids to not be tiny little crazy people. There's no place to let off steam. She said, Parenting is already relentless. This is insanity. Jerry chimed in with a a really honest comment. I think you'll relate to this. He goes, it's so exhausting to constantly be on for angsty kids who are justifiably wild because they haven't left the house in any meaningful way in eight months. Is it possible to commit to your purpose and to self-care while you're also taking care of a family in 2020? Our guest today says the answer is yes. Nick Tilia is a life coach based out of Los Angeles, working with athletes and elite performers. But he's also a husband and a father of four. And as he'll explain today on the podcast, it was just a few years ago, the struggle and the pressure of juggling all the responsibilities at work and at home had left him burned out and bankrupt. But he's also got some tremendous wisdom on how you can take back control of your life and get back to thriving in 2021. Some of the topics Nick and I will discuss today is why you don't have to choose between being faithful to your family and being faithful to your purpose. He'll talk about the subconscious programming he learned in childhood that said sacrifice equals love and how it almost destroyed his life and his business. We're going to give you some big picture mindset shifts that will allow you to thrive at work and at home, even if those are the same place for you, but also some specific advice, whether you're a father, a mother, or a single parent, you're going to get some strategies that will help you level up your happiness in 2021. Hey, if this episode serves you uh, or if you have a parent in your life who is struggling in the age of COVID, could you do me a favor? Could you screenshot the podcast and share this with your community? You can tag us on Instagram and find me at CSC Dan Mason. You can find Nick at Nick Tilia. By the way, if you'd like some additional support to help you not just intellectually understand the concepts that we're talking about this week, but truly be able to implement it and embody change in the coming year, don't forget we have launched the Amplified Monthly Coaching Membership. It kicks off January 4th. It's my brand new coaching program that will literally work for anybody's budget. You get a monthly two-hour training with me. Plus, you're going to get additional weekly Q&As on Facebook. I'll be there every step of the way to help you overcome obstacles, protect your joy, and create an unbreakable mindset to help you thrive in the coming year. The best part is you're not just learning alone. There is an amazing community that we're going to be building in a private Facebook group, and you can join for $99 a month with a three-month commitment. You can go over to my website, get info on that, or one-on-one coaching to help support you in the new year, creativesoulcoaching.com net is where you go. This week we're giving you permission to thrive as a parent and also as a happy person with my guest Nick Tilia. Welcome to Life Amplified. Nick Tilia, welcome to the two time club on Life Amplified, back for a second round. Honored to be here. Appreciate it. You're going to have so much wisdom to share today because, you know, you and I were talking offline about one of the biggest pressure points for people in the age of the lockdown, in the age of COVID, is how do I juggle the responsibilities of my life? How do I even have the time to find my purpose or to bring it to life while I've got the, the little ones in the house and I'm playing school teacher? And I give advice and coaching on this all the time. And sometimes there's pushback. We're like, yeah, easy for you, Mason. All you have is a dog. So I'm like, let's get somebody who's actually right. been living it. But your story too, I mean, you've been in this balance between being a father, being a husband, and also pursuing your purpose for many years. So let's rewind it back to like 2017. You got a wife, you got four kids. At that point in your life, I believe you also had a mountain of debt with student loans. And you're going through the existential crisis of I'm not happy with where I am. I have a purpose to live. What the hell do I do? Do you want to take it from there and just sort of explain what that struggle was, what you believed at the time and what's enabled you to still thrive while actually taking better care of your family?
0: I mean, it probably even goes a little earlier than that, back to like 2015, 2016, when I made the decision to leave my teaching job and, and to really pursue my, my purpose and passion of supporting and coaching other people. Back then, I, I wasn't clear on a lot of things, but I knew that there was something more for me. And I think even beyond that, for the, the parents who are like, okay, but yeah, but you're an entre- entrepreneur, you can set your own schedule. Maybe easier for you to kind of navigate being a parent and also prioritizing yourself. But I remember back being teachers when my wife and I were teachers. We we still understood the value of prioritizing ourselves and you know putting ourselves first, not as a means of of putting the kids on a back burner, but actually giving them a greater, a more you know holistic and full experience of their parents. And so I, we can remember you know having the the, the parent guilt of having our kids be in daycare, you know, most of the day while we're teachers, picking them up and, you know, feeling a sense of like obligation to go and spend time with them and do things. But we really began to understand the the value of of caring for ourselves and filling ourselves up and prioritizing ourselves. And we would actually take our kids straight to the gym after that. And And they would go to kids club. We would get our workouts in. We would fill ourselves up and feel fucking great. And then, have the rest of the evening to, to play with them. And I remember getting a lot of pushback from people as we were supporting people or just sh- kind of sharing our lives of like, I don't, I feel guilty putting my kids back in like a daycare so that I can go get a workout in. And I was like, really see it from this perspective that it's a win for everybody. They get to go and socialize. They get to go and have fun. They have a blast. Courtney and I get to go and fill ourselves up. And then we, we have a, a just different capacity, different energy to be able to spend quality time together. I think that's often the thing that is missing is you're maybe spending time with your kids, but the quality isn't there because you haven't focused on prioritizing yourself or filling yourself up. Or you're there physically, but you're not present with them. You're not able to, able to really enjoy them. So having that awareness back then I think it was really important in, in parenting our boys, especially when they were really young. Then you fast forward to 2017, when I have a mountain of debt, we have all this medical debt, actually ended up filing for bankruptcy back in 2017. And I'm trying to make my business work. I'm trying to make life work, trying to, to navigate being a parent, being a husband, and being that provider. And a big breakthrough that I had back then working with my coach who was supporting me was understanding that I had almost a, a, a codependency upon my, my kids and my wife for feeling valuable, for expressing love. And, and actually, the worst correlation I had was this idea that love. And sacrifice were correlated or love and struggle were correlated. Mm-hmm. And when I identified that, though, there was a huge opportunity for a breakthrough and shift for me, because essentially what I was saying was I could only express or express the highest form of love if I found ways to struggle or sacrifice. And for me, that looked like killing myself, busting my ass, trying to get my business off the ground. And then when the money wasn't there, not eating, well, the kids got to eat, right? What? What says love? Like, not eating while your kids get to eat dinner. What says love? Like when your kids go to bed, you going out and driving Uber all night and not sleeping, not not doing anything for yourself, just so that you can provide and put food on the table, keep the lights on or whatever it is. And that was, that was my quote unquote, highest expression of love for them at the time. And when I began to understand the concept that there may be a, a more, loving way of expressing love. There may be a more conducive form to my health, my well-being, and everybody winning in the situation expression of love. Uh, I discovered that actually thriving, me allowing myself to thrive did not mean that I didn't love my kids anymore. It did not remove the only means of expressing love that I have actually allowed me to express love at a greater and deeper level. And that looks like spending more present time with them. That looks like being able to say yes to the things that I wasn't allowed, allowed myself to say yes to even basic school supplies and things like that that they needed. I was denying that experience. And now I can say yes to anything for my kids. I can buy my, my daughter, you know, uh, concert tickets before COVID and, and lock down in, in Nashville and fly her there for the weekend. I can give them VIP experiences and stuff that they love. I can say yes to anything that I want for, the, for my boys. There was always a higher expression of love that followed the path of me learning to prioritize myself. And releasing this idea or this sense of struggle and sacrifice equating to love.
1: I love the story and I love the vulnerability on that. And there are two follow-up questions that stood out to me as you shared that I want to go back to. A lot of times we talk about this in the coaching space, that intention is everything. Mm. And if you believe that love equals sacrifice, if you are a person, this happens so much with people in corporate careers, where they create the identity of, hey, I'm the reliable person. I'm the problem solver. For other people, they find their value in the fact that they're selfless, that they sacrifice. But we talk a lot about the the, law of cause and effect on this podcast. Can you explain how the intention sometimes actually just creates more of the shit that we say that's so frustrating, how we just perpetuate it?
0: Yeah, yeah. My, my intention to be loving, and I would even say my identity in being kind of the, the sacrificial lamb for my family or for my kids. And, and like, I don't blame myself for necessarily you know, just creating this out of nowhere. It's what was demonstrated for me. My grandfather was the most amazing, beautiful, giving human being, but he carried a around with him a lot of guilt for not being there for his kids. And when I was born, it was almost like this redemption moment for him where he could then give to me as his grandchild, all the things that he wasn't able to, to give to his kids. And it was great. And I had this loving, amazing grandfather, but he also sacrificed himself a lot for me. And so I learned through watching his example, how to sacrifice and how to love. So my, my intention to be loving 100% was benevolent and, and it, it sounded great, but it created scenarios that were actually wins across the board and create a lot of unnecessary strife an unnecessary struggle and, and the, the identity that I had formed in that would never allow me because when you've locked in an identity you can't be both the sacrif- the sacrificial struggling person and the thriving successful coach and entrepreneur like they, they sure. were just always in conflict with one another. so I had to clear that kind of sense of duality of that conflict in order to create what I actually wanted but my biggest like subconscious objection that I didn't even know I was working with at the time is if I allow myself to be successful, now I'm going to be unloving. Now I'm going to be a dickhead father. Now I'm going to have no, no pathway or no, no platform for being able to love my kids. And that was always a lie. It was always untrue. So at cause having these, these conflicting perceptions and this uh, great identity or great intention, but shitty identity was just creating at effect struggle and more and more of the things that I thought equated to love. There's so many people I see that play out in careers and in
1: workforces where people take on the work of everybody else because they think that that's what makes them valuable. So they create struggle and overwhelm. They just do it like 360 in every direction in their life. Super important point. The second thing that you were talking about was like that pressure to be a provider, you know, trying to get your business going all day, out driving Uber all night. Uh, one of the things we talk about in coaching, particularly in relationships for masculine energy partners, the three P's of masculine energy, protect, provide, procreate. Most men, very good at the procreation part. They've been mastering that
0: <laughs> for many, many years. Since We were in, you know, very young.
1: Yep. <laughs> but that pressure uh, to be a provider and all the, the energy and beliefs that we have around that can often be the thing that keeps us from actually being the protector of the family or showing up in a romantic relationship with full presence. Was that an issue or a hang-up at that point in your relationship, in your marriage? How did you work through that?
0: Yeah, and I think it went hand-in-hand hand with the identity that I had as kind of the the martyr. Yeah. And that, you know, providing and, and protecting looked like me being a martyr, sacrificing myself and working long hours, not eating. In many of those situations, there was probably a way that I could have eaten. But because I was so ingrained in that identity that I found a way to fully live into the identity. And, and I, I, I have such compassion for men out there who are, you know, trying to, to manage all that is to be present with your kids and to be a better dad maybe than what you had, but also the pressure of, of, of providing in you know, an economy that is really difficult in a, a scenario where you know, the, the dollar doesn't go as far as it did back when our fathers or our, our grandfathers were working. So it's, it's a huge area of contention for most men. And inner conflict is how do I manage what feels like pressure and stress of providing and protecting while also being present And it feels like you're pulled in many directions. And so getting a a clear sense of your identity and your intentions around this and knowing that it it is fully okay to prioritize yourself and to prioritize your purpose and and your business or your your job or whatever, but to go all in on that and and to, to give yourself the space to do that during the day and then to step away from the stress and worry and fear of it in the night and actually be present. And maybe the presence doesn't look like four hours every day, but I can tell you that intentional time spent with your children or with your wife or with other people, they feel that piercing, loving, masculine presence. It is so valuable, one, for them feeling loved, but also developing healthy attachment styles and feeling nurtured and feeling um, like they can trust that masculine presence in their life to pr- provide and to protect for them. Let's look at this from the other perspective, because you and
1: I both coach primarily women in yes. our communities. Yeah. We've got, uh, and the ladies are crushing it, you know, more than ever, we've got oh, the yeah. highest percentage of women who are the breadwinners for their families, but we've also got a lot of women who are single moms who are trying to play both those roles at home while also earning the paycheck. What do you see when you're uh, coaching your female clients who are in that situation that are the biggest challenges uh, that might be unique to them that are different from men?
0: Yeah. I mean, especially when it is, uh, you know, a single parent, family or household, or when maybe there's shared duties or whatever. And, and for the the, the women, it, it's it's moving in and out of that that feminine and masculine energy. And maybe you're doing your best to stay in your feminine energy where you're flowing and you're the most attractive and the most abundant for clients and business. But then you're also having to, you know, do the CEO type shit in your business. So you're moving in and out of a, a feminine and a masculine energy. And then at home, you're doing the same thing because... You're 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 providing that nurturing, loving ener- energy for your children, but then at other times you're having to set boundaries and you're having to put structures in place. So it's a lot, and I just want to recognize the women out there that are doing that, and that it is a lot, and that it. My my greatest recommendation, what I support my clients in, is give yourself permission to to do what you need. Give yourself permission to allow it to look messy. Drop the idea or the expectation that has to look perfect, right? And that's one of the things that we've really locked in during quarantine and parenting kids and teaching kids who are, are doing at home school is, is release this idea that it has to look perfect. Release this idea that even though there's all these crazy circumstances, it has to look like the way it did before and give yourself a lot of grace and allow for support. That's one of the things is there's this sure idea that if you are allowing support, you're weak or that you, it means you can't do it yourself. Ladies, you don't have to be superwoman. You already are superwoman, but that doesn't mean that you can't allow support, you can't put supports in place, you can't ask for things that you need. You know, one of the things that always sticks out to me is when when parents understand prioritizing themselves, things that they didn't realize were there are there. Maybe it's extended family to help you with the children, maybe it is resources you didn't know were available. You know, I used to work with a lot of parents of of kids with special needs and so many of them only trusted themselves to to be there with their kids, and they literally became like full-time martyrs. And they were always there. They were, they were their child's nurse, teacher, doctor, mother, behavioral specialist, everything. And there were actually more resources than they could ever imagine. There were people, there were, there were government agencies that would actually provide respite support and help with the children. There were activities and clubs that they could go to. Again, this is really difficult right now with COVID, but there were more resources out there for support. And when they cleared the idea of it being wrong, or bad, or or making them less than as a parent to allow or to ask for support, then everything just got better and easier for everybody. And you know, speaking of that martyr
1: mentality, and I think this happens for either parent, right? That, that so often when we talk about allowing for support, what is the thing that gets in the way for people? Well, I I can't do that. Well, I can't invest in myself. I can't invest in my business. I have to provide for my kids and everybody operates in that either or where they either have to choose loving their kids or they have to choose themselves and, and they're very black and white about that when the reality is, is there's so
0: many options in the middle when you look for it and you allow for it. And I would say that anything that you invest in yourself in your, not, and not just like your time, but your energy as well and your well-being and your health, has an ROI for your children. Because the the more you, you know, you you take that extra hour in the morning to, to, to pamper yourself or to meditate or put yourself in a, a better just mental space, then when the kids are up, you're more likely to respond to them in calm ways when they get into their fuckery and, and do whatever they did. <laughs> I, I am so clear on the fact that my my meditation practices and my, my, my training and all the things that I do are part of what Enable me to be able to to handle the fuckery that my boys can throw at me at, at any day, and and so just giving yourself an understanding that what I invest in myself is actually being transferred to my kids is a win for them. It's not selfish. My investments in me are an investments in them, and and once you get that, you start to look for opportunities, and you give yourself permission, and you collect even more evidence that it is helping the children to thrive. You'll do more of it, but. You got to start somewhere. You got to start giving yourself permission to do what you need so that you can show up better for them. I love that. A lot of this conversation
1: today, we've talked about some conceptual ideas Mm -hmm. and mindset shifts. What are some practical strategies? that you and your wife have uh, implemented this year in the time of COVID or that you've seen some, uh, some of your clients impl- implement yeah. that are helping them allow for that support and to better take care of themselves so ultimately you can better take care of the family. So I mean,
0: one of the biggest things was just not lowering the expectations, but, but renegotiating our rules for what you know, success in school look like as former teachers, Courtney and I realized that we we both had this like standard that we felt like we had to live up to because the teachers expected more out of us. And, and at some point, we just went, fuck it. Like if it looks messy, if the kids aren't like fully paying attention all day long, if they don't get their extra homework assignments or whatever turned in, that's okay. Our kids are going to, to remember this time period as either something like really traumatic where, you know, mom and dad were stressed out and we're like, overly worried about things, or where they were just really chill and they allowed it to kind of be fun and they, they did the best with what, what they could. So I, I would say not overstressing and, and, and kind of renegotiating what your rules and your expectations are is incredibly helpful and important. And then on the practical level, again, asking for what are, what are means of support that we can put in place? You know, there's a lot of, I've seen, you know, uh, families doing kind of pot where you know, a, a parent who stays at home yeah. is, is creating a space where the kids can kind of you know, interact safely and go to one place and, and learn and participate in school there. Um, you know, we've looked at having someone from like a, a local college or university coming and helping the kids and just tutoring them, even if it was just like sitting with them while they were it, on their Zoom calls, helping them to transition from one call to the next, right? That's something that obviously schools can do a really better job of, is making it easy for you know, second and third graders to make transitions. They struggle with transitions anyways. When you, guys, when you gotta move from one Zoom call to another, that's a really hard thing for them. So making it easy, making it simple, knowing that we were probably gonna be in this scenario for a while, we restructured our house to make it more conducive to a school setting. We got you know, desks in separate areas for our boys who are only a year apart and only one grade apart. Uh, we just did everything not with an idea. I mean, if it ended faster than we thought, great. But we we took the necessary steps and precautions to make it the most supportive and conducive environment. So we've also developed a schedule and a routine that is, you know, conducive to fun and play and take some of the pressure off. We've renegotiated kind of our, our coaching schedules to be conducive, but we haven't sacrificed our businesses. We haven't shut things down. We haven't you know, become martyrs where we're ending our business so that we can just focus on our kids. I mean, obviously for any parent out there, give yourself permission to do what works for you or what you need, but make it make it a win for you as well. You don't need to move into martyrdom or sacrifice just because this is a challenging time for your kids. You know, you're sharing so many bits of wisdom here today. And
1: as I think about some of the strategies that you're talking about, absolutely 100% effective for parents who are negotiating the demands. But I think a lot of this is also just uh, applicable to single people who are, you know, living at home or maybe cohabitating with a partner with no children. You know, if you look at the statistics out there, the average employee in the first six months of the lockdown put in an extra 59 hours of work. It's like seven full eight hour work days just in the remote work landscape. So when I hear you talk about setting priorities, allowing for support. So whether that's, you know, hiring somebody to deliver some meals, if you don't like cooking or hiring the housekeeper to come clean things up. So that's off your plate, hiring a coach, whatever that is. But also that emphasis of just allowing for fun, even during COVID and being able to to find what that is for you.
0: Right. Prioritizing your fun, your health, your well-being, You know, this is a time where people can, you know, I I asked the question at the beginning of this, like not knowing how long we're going to be here. What do I want to exit this season with? Do I want to exit this season with a, you know, out of weight, unhealthy body, or do I want to be in the best shape of my life? Do I want to exit this season feeling just wiped out and overwhelmed? Or do I want to actually feel like I'm having more fun, like things have expanded in my life? Do I want to end this season or move into whatever next season? with a sense of, of resentment or anger, or do I want to move through this with, with happiness and fun and allow whatever that is to then inform whether I put supports in place, whether I get meal prepping done, whether I, I build like, you know, build in daytime dance parties. You know, I've had some people who are like, where I'm at, it just doesn't feel good. It, it feels great to live in this city under normal circumstances. But under these conditions, I actually feel trapped. And I'm like, well, do you have the resources to maybe go somewhere else, to rent a cabin, to work from somewhere else? Maybe if you're isolating and it feels isolated to be by yourself, is there someone that you can spend time with who's also taking safe precautions and whatever? Um, it's just to, to honor really what it is that you need. I think a lot of people think that they just have to, to make do with things when actually there is a, a more supportive, even more luxurious experience available. That is completely true. And I've seen that that's
1: been a huge thing this year where some people are abandoning large cities and just packing up and going and finding an Airbnb somewhere, you know, to go set up shop for a month and and subletting their old place or or finding ways to do that. But the real message is just taking this opportunity to understand that everything in your life is up for reevaluation and renegotiation. You know, like, are, are you still living in the city that you're living in because you want to be there or because you wanted it 8 years ago. Well, now in that remote work age, people have a lot of options open to them. So it's it's really that challenge I think for people of, you know, it's interesting most of us and you know even for people like you and I, we have our blind spots, which is why we work with coaches, but most of us live like inside of a glass box that we don't even see and to try to think outside the box. You first have to recognize that you have a box over your head to begin with. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Really, just allowing this to be a time of reinvention in all levels and to uh, figure out what it is you need. Dude, I
0: love the wisdom. It's always good to catch up with you. Where can people find you online? You can find me at Nick Tilia on all the socials. You can find me online at or on my website, and Come get some wisdom, some get some energy, be entertained, have fun here for it all right my brother always good to catch up with you nick tillia thank you for the time today
1: always a pleasure thank you i'd love to know what your biggest takeaways were on that interview this week uh be sure to screenshot the podcast share it on instagram or twitter you can tag me at csc dan mason and be sure to tag nick let him know you're listening at nick tillia one of the things I really want you to reflect on is where in your life are you subtly and subconsciously showing up with that martyr or victim mentality? Nick was so honest when he talked about that childhood programming that he picked up from watching his grandfather, that sacrifice is what equals love. I told you about some of the things I've learned my, just in my own life this year, how I had so much built this identity around being the scrappy survivor and you know, still that, that 12-year-old kid that was getting by in difficult circumstances, that there were places I wasn't allowing myself to thrive. and I, And the biggest challenge is because so many of those subconscious identity patterns, well, they're invisible to you because they're subconscious. You need some support to help you identify and move beyond that If I could be the coach to help you break through in the coming year, I've got some amazing coaching programs at a variety of different investment options, including the new Amplified Monthly Coaching Membership, where I will be your virtual coach. Uh, You can join me for a live two-hour class on the first Monday of every month, and then you get weekly Q&A support in a private Facebook group. That program right now, $99 a month with a three-month commitment. A great Christmas gift for yourself or for somebody you love. Get details on that and my one-on-one coaching by going to my website, creativesoulcoaching.net. Don't forget, you can give us a follow or click subscribe on whichever podcast platform you're listening on. And for my friends on Apple, always appreciate those five-star ratings and reviews if you are so moved to do that. It is an honor to serve you. Thank you for being here. And I'll talk to you next week. In the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified.